Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I brought on the Dread Pirate Doug from the uh, Race of Legends and Curse of Legends creator. He is going to be talking all about the uh, difference between competition and uh, esports, whether Sea Thieves is viable for that type of a thing or not. Plus, we're going to be diving into the Race of Legends, how you can get involved, as well as some information that just came up in the bigger gaming spectrum regarding the recent announcement for the Steam Deck and what Sea of Thieves might be like there. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. This week, I want to thank all the patrons who went over to the patron.com forward slash Keelhog podcast and signed up to help support this podcast. This week, I am going to be reading out all of the patrons' names in their crews as far as a galleon with their ship names. So, starting off with Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Chris Horn, and Cosmic Johnson in the Revenge Tide. Then we have El Jefe Esteban, Trickster, Jabaro 5, and Kazia the Rogue in the Happy Sailor Galleon. Then Lumpy SRQ, Goose, Evil Morpheus, and Xbox Mike are all riding on the dead bones. Then we have Munchie, Papa Fuzz, Regisella, and Rust Belt Kid on the Drunken James. Next, we've got TN Professor, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, and CJ Super Pack all riding on the Sea Ghost. Nen, Davram TV, Fergatron, Straw Hat Connor, and Tech Deku are all riding on the Tainted Rose. Then we've got Windsor Chris and Zamwow. They are all hanging out on the Stinkin' Skull Sloop. So thank you all. You're just the absolute best. I love you so much and thank you for supporting. This week I have none other than the Dread Pirate Doug joining me. If you're not familiar with Doug, he is probably the best competitive esports kind of person. Like if you could if you could take Race of Legends and consider it a sport, because I, I think it is a sport. It takes a lot of skill to be able to do this stuff. It's like a triathlon in Sea of Thieves. Then he would be probably the person that I go to to watch that that kind of content. Because in Sea of Thieves, we don't really have a whole lot of organization. It's pretty chaotic in Sea of Thieves, and he brings Indeed. order to chaos. Uh, so <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Doug, welcome to the podcast again. It's been about a yeah. year. Um, wow, really? Wow, a year? It, it, yeah, last time we oh, chat, chatted was, uh, I think, June of 2020. Um, wow, that went fast. It really did. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like we went inside and didn't come out for a year, and we just kind of forgot it what happened. like that. Uh, so welcome back. It's good to have you. Um, Great to be back. We've got some fun topics this week that I wanted to dive yeah. into. Uh, so, but, but before we jump into that, um, we've got a lot of new pirates, both from last year when people were jumping on from steam, but also, uh, people that are jumping in for, uh, pirates life, uh, tall tales with, with pirates of the Caribbean. Um, who is dread pirate Doug and what do you do? So I'm the creator and commissioner of the race of legends, which is a cooperative obstacle course, competitive event set in sea of thieves. We are going to be celebrating our third anniversary in November. We've had over 500 pirates compete. Um, in November, we will also be celebrating our 100th sea of thieves event. Um, the details registration and stuff. If you go to race of you can, 
can kind of get you know detailed rules in the current route video stuff like that uh but yeah we have had a slightly different course uh to varying degrees um each of our seven seasons we're about to kick off season seven um yeah it's uh it's been a wild ride it's been a lot of fun it is a uh it is a really exciting competitive event. What we did is we took the whole Sea of Thieves experience and we, we compacted it into about a 15 minute race between two crews. We've done galleons, brigs, sloops. We've done three sloops racing against each other. We've done two sloops versus two sloops. Uh, one time we raced three galleons and tried to get all three of them out of Smuggler's Bay at the same time. That was a bad idea. It was <laughs> it was fun to watch, but it was a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> We've done rowboat races. <laughs> Um, and then we've done some ancillary events as well. We did King of the Grill, which is really cool. Uh, Mike, one of our legendary first mates and a deckhand, he came up with uh, King of the Grill, which was a uh, 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 it was on Golden Sands. We did a uh, or no Sanctuary. It was on Sanctuary as a PvP land based just combat, uh, pretty much a King of the Hill type thing. And then we have uh, better known is the Curse of Legends, uh, which we've had a lot of fun with over the years, and that's basically like a zombie style kind of infection um mode that's server wide five ships one of them is infected start out the round if your ship sinks or if you die you come back infected you join the other team um yeah that was a lot of fun that's a really cool it's, it's a nice way to kind of change up because everything has to be on the honor system because you can't actually change your livery sets mid thing you can't really do anything that really says right. like you know i am now infected it's it's totally up to the players and uh being well being we haven't put their reapers up but yeah we yeah it's it's challenging there's some mechanics we can use but it's challenging yeah yeah the reapers <laughs> is probably the best best way to actually do that and if funny enough the one reason why reapers is the most exciting for for people <laughs> yeah that's honestly uh the reapers flag specifically the only real use for it is a luring in crews who are going to think you're a total noob because you're flying it um or b <laughs> using it as a mechanic in a competitive event i hope they don't take it away though we need it actually yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there, please. <laughs> how I mean, they really don't remove stuff from CFEs, so I think no, you're safe. Um, I think you're right. So you've got the reason you're jumping on is because you've actually got uh, some some Race of Legends and some Curse of Legends coming up. So when is Race of Legends actually kicking up and what's the process for people getting into it now? So if you're listening to this the week that it comes out, the season seven premiere is on Saturday, July 24th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we will be streaming it live. Uh, actually, I haven't announced this anywhere else yet. Um, we'll talk about this on Twitter later, but this season we're actually going to be streaming to uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And we may add some other platforms in as well. Uh, I wanted to stream to Mixer, but they haven't been calling me back. I don't know why. That's uh, weird. Still, still trying to get in touch with those guys. Yeah. Have it's you, the strangest thing. <laughs> have you checked in with Facebook? Maybe you have to go through Facebook now. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg streams a lot on Mixer. Maybe hit him up. Yeah, well, we won't be on Facebook because the, you can't simul stream to Facebook and we'll let you. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll give Zuckerberg a call. He, he should okay. know the right person to get me in touch with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or I'll just call Phil Spencer on his personal cell phone at home. If you um, do remind him, he still has my copy of Borderlands that I need back. Oh, okay. I'll definitely let him know. Thank you. I'm sure he'll get right on that. I just need I just need the disc back. I have to authenticate. I haven't oh. played it in a while. 
that and i'm not i'm i'm he's keeping my copy of anthem i'm totally fine oh. with that for now yeah you can, you can have that one <laughs> yeah and a lot of people don't see it on the back shelf when he's doing interviews but if you look really closely like behind the uh the behind the um oh god the little the skull statue there's a copy uh, of anthem that's it's that's mine that's what's back there yeah it might be a load bearing game that's holding up some other stuff i don't know it could be it could be i'm really excited for people to find out about anthem 2 they're going to be so excited they they've they've done so much work to make it yeah. feel more like mass effect oh so, interesting oh uh, andromeda not not the uh not the trilogy not the, oh okay oh 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 no <laughs> All right. So well, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Race of Legends is kicking yeah. back up. You're excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I always love watching these. It starts on the 24th of July. If people want to get a hold of it, just head over to racelegends.com. The links are yep. going to be in the show notes. There's a tab for registering your crew. Um, this one is going to be with uh I almost said everything except for the brigantine. Uh, but this one's gonna be with the brigantines, right? Yeah, we're we're going to be sticking with Briggs this season. So crews of three, uh, the format is going to be each week. Two crews are going to go in a best of five, uh, best three out of five tournament. And then, you know, the, the first crew to win three races wins that week and then qualifies for a third anniversary tournament in probably november okay uh still nailing all that down but it'll be mid-october late november when we do our next tournament winner of that tournament will become our sixth grand champion crew that's pretty awesome because there's that's only a, that is a, a rare title yeah there's only a few people have you guys gotten sales for this yet like nal and not now that you mentioned champions it. they you all know, get these it's interesting sales. yeah they did get sales and we didn't yeah hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, I hadn't mm. noticed that. That's weird. Mm. Someone should look into that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah i i think it's a whole other thing i I, i'm just saying like you guys have been around a long time you do legitimate competitions it's it's way more inventive than how many people can get slaughtered and and yeah sink ships (laughs) i think it's way better i did have a question though because you've been doing race of legends forever you've always stuck to the the premise of having same size or same ship types together um when is race of legends ever going to consider pitting really good sloop crews against really good galleon crews and really good brig crews Ooh, in a race that would be interesting we've thought about letting crews choose we felt like it would so much of it would just come down to the rng of the wind mm-hmm you know, obviously, if you are going directly into the wind and that's just how the course works. I mean, because sometimes, as we all know, you can sail in five different directions and somehow still be going directly into the wind because yeah. uh, it shifts as you turn. Um, so, you know, you get a, a race like that and the galleon doesn't have a chance. The sloop is going to wreck them. But that would be fun. I really enjoyed the two sloops versus two sloops that we did one time. That was a lot of fun. I like, felt like there was a lot of potential there for different strategies and things. Things, but it is pretty complicated <laughs> to set that up handling four different ships uh but it was fun it was Definitely. a lot of fun so so the main idea is is that you're trying to reduce the number of uh factors that that could impact the actual game not unlike esports so but you guys are strictly competitive so i'm curious what is the difference between you uh 
building a system or, or a race that is trying to limit the factors of uh, of the, the RNG for your competition versus what a lot of esports try to do when they are trying to have a very set uh, world where the, the, the playing field is as even as possible. Right. I feel like in the, the main difference between a competitive event, like what the race of legends is and what I would, you know, some of this is just semantics with terms, but what I would consider an esport is esports as a rule. And I'm sure there's an exception out there somewhere, but esports as a rule are very controlled environments, right? Just competitive environments in general. I mean, you don't watch a basketball game and, you know, occasionally a piece of the floor falls away or, <laughs> you know, oh, the court man. changes shape halfway through. Although that does sound really entertaining. Oh, man. <laughs> now that I <laughs> mention it. Um, but, you know, all the basketball courts are the same size. All the football fields are the same size. You know, the goalposts, the hockey, you know, we just take that for granted in regular sports that all the playing environments are the same. There's there's a regulation hoop. There's a regulation distance for the foul line and three point line, etc. Mm -hmm. But in Sea of Thieves, you can set up as many rules as you want. And one of the many challenges of running a competitive event in Sea of Thieves is uh, keeping the rules to a reasonable length. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can see the rules when you go to the Race of Legends. But it, it's you know it's not an exhaustive list of all the rules. A lot of times, crews will have questions. You know, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? That's normal. Um, I don't if I wrote out every single answer to every single question anyone had ever had it'd be 15 pages but our rules pretty much fit on one printed page single space but they'll, they'll fit there on one printed page pretty much mm -hmm. uh so keeping things simple is important but you create rules to crack to try and add structure to sea of thieves sea of thieves specifically is of course one of the most flexible open world games ever created it's amazing um it's amazing that you can load in as a day one pirate and go anywhere and do anything uh there's no gates for dlcs there's no areas you have to unlock it's awesome but the way that sea of thieves stays interesting is by adding chaos i mean we all know that you know uh sometimes you jump on you're like you know what i'm gonna run a gold hoarder mission get my emissary up to five do the emissary mission sell everything call it a day and every once in a while you plan to do that and it actually works uh <laughs> but most of the time something else happens people come and attack you you get attacked by a meg or the kraken or a skeleton ship or the storm or you get distracted by an event or or a, you know, a world event or an emergent event, whatever. That's what makes Sea of Thieves awesome is that you have a plan, but you don't really know what's going to go happen. You just got to go out there and see what Sea of Thieves throws at you that day. And you never know. And it's great. But when you're trying to create an organized, structured event, you're working against all of those mechanics that they've worked so hard to add into the game. Um, so how all of these emergent threats are just a problem. How do you do that, especially with patch notes that come out that say the Kraken's going to be more random during uh, in between world events now. Yeah. Well, we we try to only start races when we have a world event up, but we only have to forget once and we immediately get Kraken because there are no other ships on the server. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have to roll with the punches. We have to, you know, mechanics and weapons that are added. We do have to add new rules and policies for, well, how do we use the harpoon, blunder bombs, fire bombs, all those things that have been added since we started the races, mm -hmm. uh, which was just after Cursed Seas. Um, so we've had Cursed Cannonballs the whole time. So yeah, it. Yeah, oh, go ahead. I, I was just, I, you, you're making me wonder now. So like PVP is, is limited to swords only on the course. 
Uh, harpoons may only be used. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, harpoons may only be used for environments only. Um, mm -hmm. Cursed cannonballs, firebombs, blender bombs from any source may be used against enemy ships. No regular cannonballs or chain shots may be used against uh, competing ships. So um, with this, it, it's you're you're trying to narrow it down to just the ability to navigate the obstacle course and uh, the racing aspect of it purely. Correct. Yes and no. Okay. We we limited the PV. This is actually the first season we've ever limited the PVP to just swords. Mm. We especially at Mutineer Rock. You so at Mutineer Rock on the and we've actually used this obstacle on the season two course, the season six course, and now in season seven. And you have to row. So you have to whichever direction you're coming from, you have to drop a rowboat at one side of Mutineer Rock. The rowboat has to row through the middle of the island, and then you have to reattach it to your ship on the other side before continuing the race and the rowboat driver specifically is incredibly helpless to the eye of reach or the pistol for that matter yeah. they're just incredibly easy to shoot rowboats don't move that fast so we've tried to use the limiting it to swords to keep mutineer rock from being a place where crews get really bogged down with pvp in a slugfest and we want the race to just kind of keep moving it's really just about keeping the race moving and keeping the action moving but we've all always had pvp as part of every single one of our courses even going back to the season one course uh there were only two obstacles and one of them was you had to go to golden sands and drink an entire tankard of grog in the tavern that was all you had to do your crew could do it one at a time or all together you could ghost ride your ship towards the next obstacle whatever mm. you want to do but we had some great battles to getting control of the tavern because generally speaking when you on a race of legends course when you see the other crew off their ship you can kill them so same thing at the at the outpost we have the first obstacle on this season's course you go from devil's ridge up to plunder and at plunder you have to raise your uh, athena's emissary flag um which again is very simple but you do have to get into the tavern and be able to stay alive long enough for uh you know for you to put your vote down yeah and of course only two of your crew members have to do that uh so we've always had a pvp portion and that's because pvp is part of sea of thieves and what we're really trying to do is find the best crews in Sea of Thieves. Who are the actual best crews at the game of Sea of Thieves? Who are the crews that you don't want to run into when you're sailing around if they're hostile? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that was always the goal was to condense the whole Sea of Thieves experience down, which is a tall order. But I feel I mean, I'm really excited about what we've been able to accomplish. You have to cooperate with your crew. You have to communicate with your crew. You have to have a plan, but then also be able to adjust to what your competitor is doing. And we've seen some amazing plays over the years. Um, uh, you know, crews that harpoon a Meg to get a speed boost. Uh, we the <laughs> rules are structured in such a way that crews have a lot of flexibility in terms of strategy and sometimes crews will ask me like hey can we do this or whatever um but for the most part if it's not in it's not in the rules that you can't do it mm -hmm. you can do it as a general rule at least the first time until i add it to the rules for the next race <laughs> right. because it was something we never thought of which there is a lot of because again just because of the flexible nature of sea of thieves but uh yeah it's a it's a whole process of refining the rules but we really wanted to condense like i said that whole e experience down 
PVP is part of it. Shooting your cannons is part of it. Uh, season four, we had uh, an obstacle where you had to knock down a mast on a galleon that was parked with your chain shot oh, before yeah. moving to the next obstacle, which, you know, of course, for a lot of crews, they would just spam a few chain shot and hit it. But boy, if you messed up on that first obstacle, it was really difficult to catch up. Yeah. So you've tried to craft this world where you're still taking advantage of the, the nature of Sea of Thieves in, in its holistic approach where you can have PvE, but PvE uh, tries to blend in really well. Um, you recently, back in May, uh, put out quite a thread to, <laughs> to, to dive into the difference between uh, esports versus competitive events. And the reason I bring this up um, ties into what I, I think is an interesting shift that will eventually happen. Uh, Arena is no longer being developed. They're focusing right. purely on adventure. Uh, Arena is still there, though the, the lobbies are getting harder to fill. People are not playing mm -hmm. it as often. Once you hit your uh, Arena uh, legendary sea dog, most people probably dip out of Arena unless it's something they like to do for the sake of the the um, team deathmatch approach, and sure. I'm I'm curious, like, where do you see Arena going in the next year? Like, do you do you see them coming back to it at all? Do you see it going away? Like, where do you think Arena is going to end up in a year? My understanding um, is that Rare's approach is going to be. We're not really going to be focusing on arena going forward. We're going to be focusing resources instead on custom servers so that people can create their own competitions, which is obviously very exciting to me. Mm -hmm. um, I played a lot of arena. Um, you know, I, I maxed my sea dog rank up. I don't even know how long ago, a while ago. And I played plenty of arena. I had a lot of fun for the most part. Um, I thought that the, the new arena was for the most part, a good idea, but I think that there were a few key things with uh, how the scoring worked, especially with cannonball, stuff like that, that didn't quite work uh, because you, you really incentivized crews more to just land cannon shots on the mid deck of a galleon than it did to actually fight over the chest, which is uh, really what's a lot of fun in that mode. Uh, I've, you know, so arena has its, I think it has its place. I think that they put enough resources into developing it, that they might as well keep it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's one more thing for people to do in the game. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to sit down and do a three and a half hour session. You want to just sit down and play for 20 minutes. I get that. But as a, as a competitive esport. Uh, yeah, we did the Battle of Legends uh, well, a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. um, and we did it three or four times. It was a lot of fun. We tried some team deathmatch stuff with the combat for like final rounds, and it was okay. Um, I think that there's a couple things with Arena. First of all, the uh, well, it's just not very popular. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the thing. Well, they tried, not that many people play it. They they tried like they tried to actually do the different. Um, I can't think of what it was, but they tried to actually have these events uh, happen like out in out in different conventions and stuff. They tried to get people together. They sure. tried to actually um, have different tournaments going on where they'd have crews come together, and they tried to have things where uh, you you could actually do organized 
esports with arena and i competed in the battle for orlando yeah so like do do you think like given if if rare was actually to approach it they they could prove that you could actually do it but it was always done like over a weekend and it was always done at a convention uh is is, well and it was almost exclusively streamers and content creators i mean you could show up and sign up technically at the event but most of the crews for most of these events have been you know invited yeah Hmm. so the the vast majority the the likelihood of them doing this as something where it's more like open bracket do you think that that would be open registration open bracket where you could have people come in and get into uh, a point system like how other other companies actually do their esports like is that even feasible with them i mean you know if there were a ranking system in something like arena and you were to say you know if your team gets to this elite level you know like the the equivalent of like a champions league in rocket league or uh radiant in valorant radiant i think is their highest one whatever mm-hmm. um if you get to this elite level then you have the ability to apply for for these, you know, official Sea of Thieves tournaments that are going on. Yeah, that would, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Uh, they could, you know, work with a bunch of different community organizations and like affiliate, affiliate alliance types to run satellite events and take the winners from those events and put them into uh, one uh, very competitive event. Um, the NAL has like a whole ton of qualifiers that they do and, uh, you know, different um, divisions and stuff. And they have, a, they, have a, they, they do a lot of events um and you know that's all great it makes sense to group people geographically for ping reasons as well but i just see a thieves was not built from the ground up to be an esport and most of the competitive games that are very successful had at least somewhat an esport in mind even like you know things like uh even like a you know call of duty modern warfare uh, league of legends uh csgo uh i mean you can you can so list as many as you want but let's let's take let's yeah. take this from a uh i want to i want to take a step back and kind of dive into what you mean by that like sea of thieves wasn't was designed with pvp in mind but not competition in mind right um so what are some like taking for example like uh, uh fortnite is probably the easiest example of uh another game that is open world with different environmental things going on people can do whatever they want but the goal is yeah. to compete to to get to the end so that you can actually you know win the win the matching and uh finish the battle royale so um like with sea of thieves where like with custom servers i mean how how hard would it be for them to change custom servers so that there is a way to really kind of relegate that so you mentioned in your in your tweet thread that uh, even with sea of thieves having the ability to toggle on and off different things that it still wouldn't be set up for uh, competition. So what do you mean? Like where, where, what does CFEs have to do to get to a point where you would consider it uh, viable for an esport versus just being competitive? I mean, you know, I, I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, a, an important first step would be being able to easily toggle on and off all environmental threats, being able to control the storm or toggle that on and off, Kraken, everything, uh, even active forts have been an issue for us on occasion. You'd have to be able to toggle all that stuff. And I don't even know if Rare's like even looking that direction or if that's something that's planned. I have no idea if it's going to happen. I'm sh- I would assume it's not going to be in the near future. But mm-hmm. like, let's say that 
that happened. You're still going to come back to the issue of uh, hit registration, which is just the most exhausting topic to talk about. But um, you, you're shooting between you know two moving platforms that are going up and down dynamically based on the size of waves that change based on the wind and the part of the world you're in and the the weather that day. All those different things. Like, yeah, it's just you know you don't do that in Call of Duty. You don't do that in Valorant. You're not shooting between two moving platforms that are you know totally unpredictable in how they move sometimes they're both turning and moving in you know different directions it's yeah those games also i sh should probably point out i mean play some valorant or some call of duty you'll have hit registration issues sometimes um you don't want to be that guy that blames every kill on hit registration but like it happens i played a little PUBG this week hit registration issues happen I love that the the world has moved from hit from in, in back in my day you lagged and you, you chalked it mm -hmm. up to your ISP. Now that ISPs aren't aren't as big of an issue. Now it's oh it's the game code that's broken. I hit my shot. Sure. The game didn't recognize it. Right, right. Which you know, I mean, the reality of hit reg in any game, by the way, is that it probably helps you about as often as it hurts you because it's completely random yeah. and you're never really going to know when you shouldn't have hit someone, but you did. That's never going to log in your mind. You could have 15 fights. The only one you're going to remember is when you got that hit marker with the eye of reach twice and you know that guy didn't eat any fruit and he didn't die. Mm -hmm. I get it. It happens to me, too. It's frustrating. But Sea of Thieves wasn't built to, I mean, you look at, you know, again, Call of Duty, PUBG, these games were built for hit registration. Like that's their whole thing is shooting each other. That's all they have. That's the only mechanic in the game is shooting yeah. each other and picking stuff up. And even they struggle because everyone's ISP is different. People are physically different distances from the server that they're playing on. Sometimes you're playing with a friend of yours in Europe and one in Australia. My God, uh, what a technical challenge. It's kind of amazing that we can play together at all when you think about it. Oh, it really but, is. You know, those games were built from the ground up. Now, if you know they ever make sea of thieves 2 which maybe we could do a whole episode i'd love to talk about sea of thieves 2 um <laughs> but if they ever make a sea of thieves 2 and a part of you know they look at sea of thieves 1 as we would start calling it um and they're like well you know one of the things we really want to nail is we want hit registration to just be perfect every time and that's going to be one of the things that we really focus on building it from the ground up and we want to make this a platform for competitive events so we're going to build our servers in such a way that you can turn off all these different threats or turn them up. Boy, you can have a lot of fun with PVE events where you turn skeleton ships spawning up to a thousand and give a bunch of crews things they have to go do with swarms of skelly ships around them. You can have so much fun with stuff like that. But, uh, you know, until that happens, um, I have a hard time seeing anything that happens in Sea of Thieves adventure mode, especially being structured enough to really be an eSport. Um, and that's why the Race of Legends, you know, we do have prizes. We have uh, custom made trophies that Fox Die made uh, that are awesome that we've done a couple of times now. Uh, we've had... Uh, some cursed cannonballs from nerd propellant that we gave away as prizes. Mm, yeah. uh, we had some plushy, uh, 
ghost mags that we gave away <laughs> uh for season three or four the anti princess track. there right yes yes there her hers are amazing you it should all look her up on twitter she just makes really cool stuff i had to show i had to shout her out because you, you threw out uh fox die and nerve propellant and i would it would be remiss <laughs> I'm glad she, she would have been mad yeah we're friends she's awesome i should have said that <laughs> well, thank you you saved my butt on that one <laughs> uh, um so but um to try and i wanted to kind of pull us back in so we're, we're mm. talking competitive versus esports um with sea of thieves having to, to basically tear down the code and rebuild it with uh hit registration in mind um do you think that that's something because right now a lot of games that do that typically keep regions locked uh you're usually yeah. playing with regions that are based in the same area that you're located and you're playing with players from that area uh, uh -huh. I feel like that would have to happen if we wanted to have reliable hit registration. And that yeah. is is really it's really deterrent to the heart and soul, I think, of I agree. Sea of Thieves. Um I yep. think that, that you run into the same problem you do with uh World of Warcraft and having servers based in different locations, right. but wanting to play with multiple friends across multiple servers in different regions and not getting to because you do have to worry about, you know, when you're clicking a button, it has to register on the thing that you're clicking and it's not hit scan. It has to actually go and, and, and be a projectile. Right. So uh, I, I, I wonder if this is a problem where a lot of folks are, are wanting the game to be fixed, but they aren't thinking about the multitude of factors that really do kind of chip away at the, right. well, we could, but a uh, scenario that, that happens with um, trying to make a game more viable for eSports. Um, right. And I, I think like you're, you're right at the core of it, which is see if they, people want Sea of Thieves to be X. And this has been an issue literally since the day that came, that the, the day it came out. When Sea of Thieves came out, they wanted it to, but people had this in their mind and that wasn't what they got so a whole bunch of people were disappointed or didn't understand what they were doing well enough to leave the outpost whatever uh sea of thieves right and like with there's plenty of people and and you know some of them are awesome that you know to them sea of thieves is a pvp platform and that's cool like if you want to go out and hunt ships and that's all you do like that's totally fine play the game however you want but the game at its core is not a PVP game. The game at its core is not a PVE game either. Uh, <laughs> just to be clear, mm -hmm. the game at its core is both combined into this beautiful symphony of a pirate adventure. And if you log into Sea of Thieves and you're like, I'm going to go on a pirate adventure, that Sea of Thieves is going to deliver on that promise every single time. Yeah. You want to go on an adventure and have fun and have chaos and, you know, feel all the things on their different, you know, that wheel of emotions that they have that is awesome like that's what's going to happen if you go out and you want something specific from sea of thieves like well i want a tdm platform tdm's tdm games do not have three guns and a sword and two different kinds of throwables yeah it no. just doesn't that's not how i mean like i i would not play nobody be playing modern warfare if they had three guns and a melee weapon in there like it's just it gets old fast i will say for me anyway halo halo is probably a good example of tdm where you do have a, a range of weapons you can have weapons and vehicles yeah. there's there's ways to go about it but i think you you much in the way that halo has uh, a campaign mode and a multiplayer mode the multiplayer mode is separate and balanced for that, whereas the campaign yeah. mode is linear. What we've got yeah. here is a mashing of the two, 
and neither does uh neither of them are i hate i hate saying it like this but uh sea of thieves excels at having the the joint of both um but yes. it, it doesn't it doesn't do the best job of one or the other uh it's right. not going to be the best game for multiplayer uh competitive uh, esports it's not going to be the best right. for telling a campaign story because you're always at the risk of something happening to interrupt that story Sure. Um, so in the sense that if, if you were looking at the game at its design, where it's a shared world adventure game, then it makes complete sense. It works out perfectly. But if you were to do yep. it the way you would want for like a competitive esport, it would have to, it would have to be arena is now the main focus and they're going to sure. build out the different modes and they're going to have toggleable features. There's going to be a whole loadout that you'd, you know, you would see all of the crews loading into the lobby before they even get into the actual lobby lobby and i think that's the difference is you know there's so much emphasis on keeping the game part of the experience uh as opposed to all right we're going to play arena and we we're waiting for people to load into the lobby and we're just watching name names fill out spots on a list and all of the options in there are uh, listed before you even jump into that whereas in sea thieves you go to an actual lobby you actually go change your equipment your costumes you play around with yeah. the, with the environment there's no you're just waiting for people to to pop into the actual tavern uh yeah. and and i think that it, there would have to be some big changes to sea thieves for it to get to the point where arena could be viable as an esport as opposed to yeah. just a fun thing to do <laughs> Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show yeah and it doesn't look like they're uh, gonna put the resources in to make that happen which you know i totally understand it didn't i, I think there were some cool ideas with arena didn't end up being exceptionally popular that's okay uh sea of thieves is an unrivaled platform for open world events and competitions uh it doesn't have to be an esport to be awesome it doesn't have to be a pve game or a pvp game to be awesome it can be its own special thing and i think that's honestly what sea of thieves really i mean if you look at the the five pirates life tall tales some of them are more in the open world where you're sailing around a little bit some of them are off in more contained areas some of them have ship combat some of them have you fighting monsters obviously there isn't pvp in a tall tale but you know there's plenty of combat with your weapons there's there's puzzles 
puzzles and exploration and mysteries to uncover. It's a really good, I mean, boy, if you've play through those tall tales aside from the pvp portion of the game you've got a really good idea of how the game works and the basic mechanics uh it's yeah. almost an extent uh almost an extended uh tutorial uh, maiden voyage oh yeah, yeah tutorial anyways yeah uh it does a great job and like as i can see especially that first one as a new player yeah i know that some players wish that maybe some of them had been a little more challenging but I mean, anybody who knows, you know, what, what's happening here with these properties knows a ton of new people are going to be jumping in. And if they'd made a tall tale that was super challenging for those of us that have been playing for three years, new players would not have had a great time with it. I think I think you're on to something there, because I think that the, what people want is a challenge. And I think what Sea of Thieves is, is more an adventure. It's not trying to test yeah. your technical abilities. It's it's more right. just trying to give you an experience. Uh, I, I, I was talking with folks and a lot of them have stated, you know, they would they would like to have uh, hardcore things or secret things that things that only only people that have been playing the game would actually get to see those, uh, you know, people that are, are, are able to do sword lunges that know about shooting yourself up to places with cannons and stuff like that's sure. a great way to, to reward people for finding something. But that, you know you're asking the devs to spend development time to build something into the game that is going to satisfy a fraction of the community where yeah. they're trying to build something that is going to satisfy a large larger group even more so than the the normal playing base uh sure. for an experience so it's it, it, it's one of those situations where i look at that perspective and i think well that's kind of the same problem with arena right now is is that there's mm -hmm. A hardcore group that want really really good pvp and sea thieves is trying to trying to make a game that is going to be approachable for a large portion of of the world that isn't playing it right yeah it's it is challenging and you know that's why we haven't seen you know a ton of content for pirate legends so far uh it wouldn't make sense to you know create a whole series of tall tales or you know a whole new ship type or something super elaborate for pirate legends because amazingly <laughs> pirate legends are still a really small part of the population mm. one of the most exciting things and i know people like to complain about this sometimes but the best thing that can happen for any pirate legend is for more people to become pirate legend. If you want exclusive content and obviously, you know, we've got lots of cosmetics and I think there's technically like what three voyage types technically, uh, for Athena's whatever. Yeah. If you want more content for pirate legends, there need to be more pirate legends. There's some number where if listen, we're not going to make content for, you know, 200,000 people that to hopefully play just not every pirate legend is still playing the game either. So the fact that, oh, it used to be 350 hours to make it to Pyre Legend, and now it's, I think people have done it in 24. Oh, uh, less, yeah. Less, yeah. <laughs> um, that That's fine. Like, gr great. The more people that become Pirate Legend, uh, the more content, the, the better chance there is they're going to make content for Pyre Legends. Um, but that's a little off topic. But, but, yeah, but, I, but Doug, I... I, I <laughs> I have so much value in my pirate legend title. I'm a pirate legend. <laughs> if people can get it done quicker, it's less valuable to me. I mean, I've fought a couple of ships with the ghost sails recently that went down so hilariously fast. Uh, that was I open know. crew, uh, not representative of my established title. I'll have you know. <laughs> I was you just know, there. I mean, 
even even when it was more difficult to make it to pirate legend a year or two ago pirate legend just meant you played the game a lot it doesn't mean you're good at it, it doesn't mean you know how to communicate with your crew like you were saying sea of thieves is not about what they call hard skills you know uh your your reflex your even very learning very specific strategies of course like in a shooter map knowledge is huge you have to know every single angle where someone can shoot you from depending on where you're currently standing is super important part of any competitive shooter but sea of thieves isn't about memorizing a bunch of stuff and knowing you know memorizing what to do in each situation sea of thieves is about the soft skills i mean the most powerful weapon in the game is the megaphone and we and i mean we all know it <laughs> i was on a crew the other day this dude gets on the megaphone as we rolled up on him and he was like hey guys we're just doing a tall tale uh we're <laughs> we're not we're not trying to bother anyone but we were running reapers and they were a level two emissary and they're like we don't have any loot at all we don't have any loot we're just doing a tall tale yeah well it turns out that was a lie they had an insane amount of loot they were parked at a shipwreck currently getting loot we knew oh, they had man. loot they had a ton of loot but that almost worked it didn't work because they were a level two emissary and on there were enough of, us, enough of us on the crew and i'm not gonna name names but there were enough of us on the crew that were like yeah we don't believe them um but there were others on the crew that were like oh let's not sink them they're doing it they're doing a tall tale they were doing a tall tale to be fair but they lied about having loot on their ship and here's a little tip don't run an emissary while you're running a tall tale because some reapers will come up and sink you for your flag it's just it's how the it's how the emissary system works it's not what it's for it's true um <laughs> let me let me take this opportunity to jump on that that point uh reapers and emissary flags um there's something going on right now with tall tales uh which may explain why you're seeing more of that because if you're yeah. if you're running a tall tale especially with the pirate's life where you can jump through a portal and cancel the voyage once you get out of it you will immediately get kicked into a regular adventure server but probably not the same one that you were on uh yep. so i wanted to ask you how do you feel about uh reapers chasing emissaries and emissaries using portals to save their flag and should you be able to carry a flag through the portal whether it be reaper or standard emissary <laughs> So I've, I've done this a few times and I actually, I found out about it pretty early on. The community figured this out. We always figure it out pretty fast. Uh, the community figured this out pretty fast. Saw people on Twitter talking about it. I didn't mess around with it until I believe it was Sonic Bob put a post on the forums and said, uh, no, this is like an intended mechanic. You can use this mechanic. We're going to keep it in the game. We're, we're not considering it an exploit. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, the difference between an exploit and not an exploit is whether or not the developers say it is. Yeah. So yeah. if they say it's not that it's not so that's nice and simple so i've run this several times a few things about that first of all of course you can't bring your loot so if you have loot you can't just sail away with it which is obviously a good idea you do keep your supplies which is awesome uh even supply crates cannonball crates wood crates fruit crates you keep all those whether they have supplies in them or not obviously the stuff in your barrels uh if you're if you've run a lot of reapers you've gone out and sunk everyone on the server and then everybody quit out and you server merged and this is basically just forcing a server merge anytime you're playing the game a level five reaper can pop into existence on your server at any time you should keep an eye on your map so, so how do you feel about uh should should emissaries be able to dodge reapers uh going through portals i mean anytime you want you can ram your ship into an outpost and throw down your vote to cancel it and, mm -hmm. and before they can sink you it takes it no matter how hard you're getting hit it takes a 
a few seconds, at least a minute or two to sink a ship in Sea of Thieves. You can really do that anyway. I don't see like even the first tall tale it takes a solid five minutes for that portal to open. And if you shoot people off to the outpost and you're running, I mean, they're going to know what you're doing. They can really go camp that pretty easily. Well, let me even block it. Let me pose a couple a couple quick objectives that I know people would type in if uh, if sure. they're listening to this. Um, the the goal of this is you you have a checkpoint in your inventory. You drop it heading towards a portal. The portal spawns and you can jump into it immediately. And the benefit oh, okay. is is uh, the benefit being that you don't lose your flag the way you would sure. if you had to actually go drop your flag. You, you would get to actually retain your level and your sure. flag and get away uh, from from a Reaper that's chasing you. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, I get that it can be a frustration. I feel like for the Reaper's perspective, it gives just as much as it takes away. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're not going to be able to do any of that if you get someone on their ship and drop their anchor <laughs> and kill them a bunch. Yeah. So if you have a problem with ships getting away, maybe you need to get better at chasing. Uh, I, <laughs> I get the, I do get the concern. It's a change to something really fundamental about how CFPs has worked this whole time. Yeah. And so I understand that people are going to have feelings about it. And, you know, this is just my personal opinion. I think it's cool that as a Reaper, you can go to level five and you can go hunt all night and mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about getting on a server where there are no emissaries because that's frustrating because that's what you're really going after is what you're supposed to be going after as a reaper is those emissary flags that's where you get the real rep and money and it is frustrating because you're like wow we we have you know 500 planks and a thousand cannonballs and all this cool stuff but we can't use any of it because we just didn't happen to end up on a server with any emissaries and then you know one pops on but then they see a level five reaper so they leave i mean you're not gonna you load into a server and see a level five reaper and you want to run emissary you're probably just gonna pick a different server yeah yeah, yeah, I can understand definitely. that frustration too. So that's that's kind of uh, the the situation that I think a lot of people are are wondering if it's if it's something that should be fair, if it's something that should not be fair. Um, emissaries yeah. managing to get away with their flags if you're a reaper uh, is definitely frustrating. It's hard to, sure. uh, in in my opinion, I like, I've said this on my Discord is is I think if you want to make it fair, then you drop your you like it just kills your emissary or your reaper. Um, I sure. know that that's frustrating as a reaper five to spawn on and uh, spawn into a new server and completely lose the ability to uh, see if there's any other emissaries. But if you're using the portal system, it's easy enough for you to head over to the outpost, check the tables, see if there's anyone out there as an emissary and then go hunt sure. them down naturally the way you would if you had done it, if it were a fresh surfer. The difference yeah, is you still that have you, your supplies. Your supplies. Yeah, I get that. I wouldn't be surprised if Sea of Thieves tweaked it so that you lose your emissary flag if that happens. I, I could see that. I think that, that makes sense. Yeah, that would be a, a way that I think you could serve. Like there, there has to be a risk and reward. Uh, if if sure. people can't take their flag through a portal, then the emissaries, uh, then the reapers would have to work to get back to the state that they were at before they uh, decided to go through the actual portal as well, too. Sure. Um, yeah, and I get that. I can see that. I think it's important for people to keep in mind, though, that server merges do happen. And even before this, a, a level five Reaper could pop into existence on your server. Uh, admittedly, this makes it much more likely. But yeah. that was always part of the game, technically. Yeah, I think the, the key thing here is is veteran players need to get back into the habit of checking their tables if they're out on yep. voyages. It's yep. a, a, a merge could happen at any point in having the, the, the ability to do this on the fly means that it's even more likely uh for it to happen um the yep. the, the difference is, is if you know that your your server is pretty healthy 
he had a lot of ships, less likelihood that that could happen. But there's nothing to say that any of the people that are on your server can't just switch to Reapers. It's not like they're sure. locked in forever. Um, sure. I wanted to kind of pin the uh, put a pin in the the conversation unless there was anything that you can think of that you wanted to touch on between competitive and esports uh, for Sea of Thieves. Was there anything that we missed? Um, I, I think the I, well, I wanted to. I feel like a lot of what I said, you know, was about what Sea of Thieves isn't, and I do want to talk. about briefly just about what it is the the amount of creativity that people can bring to events and competitive events in sea of thieves is amazing and it's just getting started and i would really encourage people to go out there even if you don't have access to custom servers you know we built 50 fleets for the race of legends before uh we got custom servers from rare yeah. uh we built 50 and so i understand that that's frustrating and time consuming as well as literally anyone um I, I get it but if you really believe in your idea and you think you have something cool even if it's a different type of race like it doesn't have to be totally like don't go to, somebody else go do a pirate race but you know make it different enough for mine find some stuff i'm not doing well and do yours better like there's so much room for creativity for competitions and adventures People have done their own riddle quests and their own little mini tall tales where they have characters on different islands and people have done all kinds of awesome things like the, the creativity that Sea of Thieves inspires, whether it's the race of legends or a painting or, uh, you know, or a, a riddle or 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 whatever it is. I mean, it just inspires so much creativity. There's something about the game that just inspires so much creativity. And I really encourage people to go out there and if you have an idea, execute on it and make it happen and refine it and learn from your experiences because it's awesome what you can do. You can create these really intense moments um, that aren't like anything else that you have in the game. You know, the, the game is amazing and you have all kinds of, uh, you know, intense things, but it's rare that you're going, you know, directly up against another crew to get to the same place at the same time to complete a specific task. It's cool. You can create really neat experiences that you don't get too much of in the main game. So I just really encourage people to go out there, find to see a thieves event and watch it if you don't want to create one i understand um to find one and watch it uh compete in one if it sounds like something that's fun register for the race of legends the curse of legends or or any of the other events that are going on uh they're really intense even if you don't end up doing it all the time um definitely give it a shot it's a it's a good time yeah yeah and i think i'm i'm hoping that with this we'll we'll get an opportunity for more people to get their hands on customer servers because one of the yeah one of the, the things that really yeah. does well is uh, we had things like uh, Twitch drops recently. Uh, we yeah. have them for partners all the time. If you, if partners are streaming, you can watch them to get drops. But recently we got the uh, creator crew set up where anyone could actually give uh, stream the game and you yeah. could watch them for 20 minutes Love and that. get cosmetics. Like that to me is what Sea of Thieves is about. It's it's less yeah. about esports. It's less about um, things like where you're bringing in the, the upper echelon of players from Call of Duty or, or uh, Valorant or, or sure. um, CSGO, things like that. And, and putting them into a situation where they're playing a game that is less uh, accurate, less or, or more prone to uh, random stuff, things like that, and seeing them get frustrated trying to do what they do best. And more about like watching uh, regular people play the game and seeing their random experiences and their, their reactions to it, because I think anyone yeah. can can know what to expect if they're watching shroud uh play play a, a csgo or valorant you know yeah. he's going to be very calm calculated he's going to hit every headshot he's going to be exceptional at what he does because that's 
what he does but watching yep. you know happy kraken x or someone uh you know street i mean i know she's a partner now but she didn't used to be she got a right. partner pretty quickly but watching yeah. newer streamers um come out of the woodwork and just seeing their experience things like that it's it's what i think sea of thieves is all about and and i'm hoping that with custom servers if those are something that more people can get access to seeing things like race of legends uh or beacon brawlers um things like that where they they see the potential uh in having their own communities even their smaller communities they can do these smaller events even just for their community and then have that just kind of you know build out the idea of of uh you know it's it's uh it's that old um is it a parable where you you know you can you can give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or you can teach a man to fish and he'll eat forever uh you know it's that idea of of teaching someone how to create the thing that they love so that they can turn around and create more of it, not only for themselves, but also teach other people. Uh, it's what Sea of Thieves does really well. No one comes on yeah. to Sea of Thieves knowing how to play the game. They play the game by either playing the game themselves or jumping onto a crew and having someone bark orders at them so that they, they yeah. do the thing that they need to do at the right time. all part of the adventure it's true um well i love i love the idea of where things are going with sea thieves um i am extremely curious to see how things will go with arena where where they can take it what they can do to maybe improve it or just do use my idea have have arena aspects of the game be brought to sea of thieves you know bring in those big old turn-in points have uh random chests spawn at at the uh, the center mark where sea dog tavern is and have people have to go out and try and go get something and then bring it back to uh, the Sea Dog Tavern. You know, I think I think having a fetch quest in the form of a PvP event for Adventure Mode might be interesting. You know, we, we they they tried this with um, those Reaper mercenary missions uh, forever ago, where they sent people yeah. to Wanderer's Refuge and Shipwreck Bay. They they yeah. tested this, and and everyone was frustrated. Some people didn't do it. Some people waited. Some people got it done right away. Some people had a really, really good time getting a whole lot of treasure out of it. Uh, so it, there, there's possibilities all the time for this. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll do something with that. Um, yeah. With this, I, I did have a couple questions because uh, we're, we're, I think we covered a majority of what I wanted to talk about, but I did want to talk to you about the Steam Deck because that just recently got announced. And yeah. it's something that I think really kind of changes the the playing field. Like uh, if, if folks haven't gotten a hand, for, first of all, I guess, um, have you heard of it? Have you have you researched it? Uh, what do you think of it um, before we jump into what it is and why I think it's important to see thieves? Yeah, I've taken a look at the hardware. It looks really cool. I'm amazed at how powerful it is for the price. Uh, they seem to have done a really good job. I mean, it's just a little more expensive than a Switch, but it is a lot more powerful and a lot more flexible. Uh, from, you know, Obviously, I haven't held one, um, and I don't, they don't even have the final production version out for most of these people. But uh, it is a, it, it does look really great. The thumbsticks look like a lot more uh, look a, a lot more um, uh, precise yeah. than the uh, than the Joy Cons on the Switch. Uh, and I have the Switch. I think it's a great device. But uh, the Joy-Con thing is a little little wonky. Um, yeah. The the thumb pads look cool. Uh, the storage is a little skinny on the first one, but they've got an SD card slot in there. Um, I mean, honestly, that thing is only a little less powerful than the PC I use for all my gaming and my job. 
Yeah, it's, it's impressive. It's it is insanely impressive. So if you haven't heard about this, uh, Valve, the, the the creators of Steam, for most PC players, understand what Steam is. It's a, a great resource if you're looking to get a lot of different games, especially at low costs. And Microsoft has been publishing a lot of their first party content to Steam for a while, and it has done exceptionally well. Every time I see reports on the top selling games. Uh, there's at least one or two Microsoft properties in that top. Uh, ever since A Pirate's Life, I think for the last um, four weeks, Sea of Thieves has been in the top five, and they've announced that they're releasing hardware. Uh, not not your your Steam uh, TV thing, not not the not the controller or your Steam Link, uh, and it's and it's not a Vive, but this is the answer to a Switch. If you've been wanting a Switch but you're a PC player and you want to play your PC library uh, on the go the way you would if you were using a Switch, um, this is a really, really good answer to that. Dedicated hardware designed specifically to play video games. Um, a lot of what Microsoft does is they are trying to use devices that you already have and give you the opportunity to play games uh, from their library, especially through Game Pass, uh, on devices that aren't originally designed for the the that type of thing and they're doing a great job with touch controls i think the touch controls for see these are manageable i think you can definitely play the game you're not going to play the game well but you can definitely play the game uh with the touch controls for for um, mobile phones and stuff but with a steam deck uh it starts out at 400 i think the next one up is 530 uh, and then I think the highest one is 650. Um, the, the tech specs for this are insane. You're talking about this being yeah. more powerful. This is a seven inch screen at 720p. It's an LCD screen, but it has eight RNDNA two CP or com compute units uh, that equals about 1.6 teraflops, which if you're not sure like how that matches up compared <laughs> to like consoles, uh, I believe the Xbox One is 1.4 teraflops. Um, if I'm remembering off, the, I'm trying to remember right now, actually. I'm just going to look it up. Um, so the Xbox One, the standard system, is not giving me the information I want. Holy crud. Okay, so the, the Series X has 12. The One X has 6. I'm pretty sure... Here it is. Okay, so the Xbox One has 1.31 teraflops of computing power. So just looking at the Steam Deck tech specs, that is already going to be more powerful at a lower resolution. So the frame rate should be yeah. able to, to manage 60 frames per second if you're playing Sea of Thieves on the Steam Deck. Um, yes. The big thing about this is that the controls look amazing. You've got thumbsticks, you've got the ABXY, it's got uh, the the double, bump, it's got bumpers and, and uh, triggers. You've also got uh, four buttons on the back, similar to in, uh, uh, oh God, what do they call it? The Series Elite, or the Elite Series controller, where you have the, the paddles. Um, so there's four buttons on the back. So this is something where, like I've been wanting, uh, and sorry, the, the display is actually um, 1280 by 800, not 720. Uh, I've, I've been wanting a portable version of Sea of Thieves for years. In fact, I even made one of my more popular YouTube videos is a stupid video that I put out forever ago when uh, Rare was doing one of the, their game jams and people were just, you know, creating fun stuff. And I went and recorded footage of Sea of Thieves and then edited it so that it looked like it was playing on my Switch and used the, the Gold Hoarder Totaku figure to spawn in a chest, which was 
literally just Jay Pizzle on my mast and he was just dropping chests when I told him to. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where people have been wanting to play Sea of Thieves portably for a while. We've had the opportunity to try it out with phones and even with like a Razer Kishi or a Backbone, you can get a much better experience. If you want, you can still use a clip on a controller and using a regular controller, but then you got to uh, drag around a controller and you're still burning your actual uh, phone battery at the same time. You know, you don't, you don't get the benefit of having your phone battery on top of being able to game as well. You have to sacrifice one of those. Uh, I think the steam deck is going to be a perfect way for people who want to play games that aren't on a Nintendo system that is locked down if you want to play with Bluetooth headphones, you can play with Bluetooth headphones. You can use Party Chat. You can use Discord. You can install Windows on this. You can uh, download the the Microsoft uh, Store at that point. It's all running off of a version of Linux that is using, I think, a Proton emulator is what they called it, uh, where you can actually emulate a lot of the software that's available through Steam. Even if it's a, a mouse and keyboard game, there's touch pads underneath the thumbsticks to be able to access yeah. stuff. It is it is basically everything like it is. It is the kitchen sink included in this device. And the fact that they they managed to give you the entry point at 400 says a lot about how aggressive they're trying to be with this hardware yeah. uh they really really want to get those people that are looking at the switch and thinking ah you know the switch is fun but it doesn't have all the games i want i want to be able to play witcher 3 on the go you know in the, the way that it was intended and valve sees that and they're like all right cool well we want that too so we're going to build this system and leave it as open as possible so that if you want to you know if you want to jailbreak the hell out of this thing you'll you'll be able to do that uh in in those savvy yeah. enough to create videos will help others who aren't savvy enough to be able to do this uh having steam having cthes on steam is this something that if if money was no object uh how how often do you think you'd see yourself using something like this i mean you know, for me personally, I'm not like riding public transportation every day to and from work or, uh, you know, um, uh, riding along on long car trips or whatever. I, I could, I could see, I really like sitting out on my back porch just generally. Um, I just like being outside and seeing the weather and just not being inside all the time. Mm -hmm. I could see sitting out. I mean, it would be great to you know, be playing Sea of Thieves with my friends. And, you know, sometimes I just, every couple hours, I just need to go outside yeah. and just see the sky. <laughs> especially when the weather's nice it would be awesome to be able to quit out of the crew and join back in from a mobile device and go outside and and play that would be awesome um the, you know or you're on vacation or you know you're like you know, i'll go on a family vacation in a couple of weeks here where i'll be away from my desktop not going to be playing sea of thieves you know via x cloud on my phone if i'm honest part of the reason is i need to use my phone for other things yeah <laughs> you know you get a phone call you get text messages and other stuff coming in um i would rather have a separate device for that i think yeah i'm i'm in the same boat i I don't go out as much, uh, hashtag real gamer. I think that um, <laughs> this is something that like, I, I love playing video games on my breaks at work. Uh, I go outside, I sit in a, a shaded area on a little stone um, table. And mm. I just like, I've been playing Metroid uh, Return, Samus Returns recently, cause they've got Dread coming out and I've been wanting to get back into that 2D Metroid thing. So I've been, you know, I got my phone open for one, to a guide from IGN. Thank you, IGN, for your guides. And yeah. I 
I've, I've got the guide there and I've got my 3DS and I use my phone as my supplementary screen the way I would if I'm sitting in front of my computer and I've got one monitor with all my my notes and reference material and I've got my podcast recording on, on the other screen. It's just a natural way that we've become accustomed to devices. If you're into devices, yeah. you want to have two screens. Being able to have all of your stuff on your phone is tough, especially if you're burning battery. So I'm, yep. I'm hoping that this is something that really hits with the community. It seems like a lot of outlets are excited to see how this works. I think a lot yeah. of people are trepidatious about the uh, history of Valve with their hardware. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's fair. I had a Steam controller and a Steam box, actually. Yeah. Briefly. So, I, I mean, I, I, I see I see where the hesitation comes from. It's not unwarranted. I think the difference is, is I think Steam or I think Valve wants this to work as much as gamers want this to work. Um, it, it seems based off of Gabe Newell's, you know, talks about this. It, you know, he plays his Switch all the time, all the time. He's always on that thing. Uh, he won't he won't stop telling me about it. Um, so I know he wants this device to, to, to work. I know he wants this to be something that really, really capitalizes on. I think the thing that PC gamers don't have the ability to do, which is to get up and take their games anywhere they want. Uh, Steam Link is nice on your phone, but again, it goes back to that idea of you have to sacrifice your phone battery for that. And that's that's acceptable for a lot of people. Not everyone's going to be buying the brand new phones every year or two and have that battery life. A lot of us are living off of phone batteries that are three, four years old at this point and just sure. aren't going to hold the charges as well as they used to. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited for this. I would love to see uh, a situation where we're able to go to like CUTHES Fest and and be able to uh, take our, our Steam decks there and hang out with people and, and oh, yeah. actually get to play Sea of Thieves on cruise on a custom server and do Race of Legends at a convention-like yeah. scenario. Like The idea between that with uh, having the opportunity to use um, you know Game Pass on mobile, it, it's so cool, just the, the opportunities that are available right now. Um, I wanted to tell a quick story, uh, and I'll, I'll say this, and then I want to get into questions if you're good with that. Was there anything sure. uh, with Steam Deck that you wanted to jump into? Any any hopes or dreams before we switch? No, I mean, I just want to be able to play Sea of Thieves everywhere. But yeah, <laughs> you covered that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have... I think it could be a really cool uh, secondary work device for people who'd rather not use a laptop. Um, I think that that device, the hardware, has a ton of really cool potential, but this is Keelhaul, so let's, <laughs> let's keep it to see these. Fair, fair. But it's a cool device. It's really neat hardware. It's very flexible. I think people are going to do some really, really cool stuff with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what the opportunities, especially with uh, emulation. I know uh, Jeff was. Uh, I I made the snarky tweet about how. Uh, no, I'll 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 actually I'll play this back to the to the rare dev that actually tweeted this. Uh, Josh um, and Cato posted a, a uh -huh. photo about how uh, the Switch won't play Sea of Thieves, but the Steam Deck will. And I, yeah, I think I retweeted that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, and it can't play. Uh, it, the the Switch can't play Wind Waker. Uh, just like the Steam Deck, but at least you can you can play Sea of Thieves on the Steam Deck. And Jeff Pegleg Perez comes back with this snarky tweet, and he's like, "Actually, you can play Wind Waker on the Steam Deck." And I'm like, oh, "Get out of oh, here wow. with your emulation!" That's deep. And you're, and I was like, "You know what? That's kind of funny. You could actually do that. You could actually put an emulator 
on Steam Deck and play sure. a game that Nintendo owns that Nintendo refuses to port to their system before Nintendo does it. Yeah. Uh, happy 35th anniversary, Zelda. I love you. I can't wait to uh, get back to, to Skyward Sword. Yeah. Um, so my switch and basically played breath of the wild and that was what i bought my switch for i played almost nothing else i have no regrets it's an incredible game i don't blame you i i that was the first game with the the console at launch it's the only thing i wanted to play i took i took two weeks off from work to play wow. awesome. <laughs> i took two weeks off work and i sat like a child cross-legged in front of the in front of the tv with with my pro controller just playing Zelda and my wife would walk by once in a while and she's like how's it going I'm like it's going amazing this game is a masterpiece <laughs> so good. and that was that so was good. my my filthy uh hardcore gamer story that 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 was Zelda to me I can't wait for that to be the same situation with the Steam Deck when and if I can actually yeah. get that I've there's so many stuff, so many things I want to buy, Doug, and I, I can't. <laughs> a similar problem. <laughs> I can't do it. There's too much cool tech out there that I want to buy that I just can't buy, and it makes me sad. Uh, real quick, Sea of Thieves podcast, the official Sea of Thieves podcast, um, has yeah. been a little dry on on its release schedule. When do you think we're getting another episode of Sea of Thieves podcast? I mean, I hope soon. Uh, didn't they, they didn't they restart it recently? Right? Yeah, they, they like it was it was a thing way back in the day, and then it kind of fell off, right? And then yeah. they brought it back, and it was a thing, and then it wasn't anymore. Am I? Nope. <laughs> yep. That's that's uh that's a pretty accurate description. It was a thing. They stopped the thing. I took over the thing uh, while they were still doing their thing. And then I became the, the de facto thing. Then they came back to say that they're still doing the thing and they haven't done the thing in like two months. I think the last they one came out in May. come on your podcast when they have something they want to say. I know. And just call it a day. That seems like it's a time saver for everybody. I, that's what I'm Great saying. Great content for your podcast. They don't yeah. have to produce a podcast because you're already doing it. You know, Support. but I'm just a simple pirate. You know, what do I know? support the community you know they're they're yeah. giving codes they're giving custom yeah. servers out to all the streamers yeah just come on the podcast if you want to say something i've got the syndication going i've got yeah. this set up i'll publish yeah. it i'll do all the work all you have to do is just come tell me what you want to put out into the world and i'll let everyone yeah. else know it, it, it sounds like be, a great system to me it's a i love it i like that idea i think they should definitely <laughs> listen to you You've got <laughs> your finger on the pulse. I appreciate that so much. Um, we're going to have some Twitch drops in August. Those are coming up. Keep an eye out for those. I believe that they're towards the beginning, which is uh, or only a couple of weeks away at this point. So keep an eye out. Um, Doug, do you do drops? On occasion. Um, it's interesting. Um, and there's probably a whole book to be written about social media and streaming and audience behavior around this. But uh, for, uh, you know, a lot of Sea of Thieves partners see, you know, a 5x or even 10x on their numbers for drops. Uh, but some of it's the nature that we stream later in the day. And most of the people who are just showing up for drops have already gotten them. Mm -hmm. But uh, drops don't make a huge difference for us in terms of audience size. Uh, occasionally, we'll get like one of those monster raids for from a Sea of Thieves partner, but uh, for us, it's not like a huge deal, the drops. Uh, I don't know. I mean, people are really just showing up for the races. Like we've done giveaways and yeah, a couple people show up for the giveaways, but like, 
people are mostly there to watch the races, no matter what we do, it seems, which is great. I mean, I, I love our community a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you know, if we can give out drops and do a race at the same time, that's awesome. But it, it, we tried to schedule our content around them in the past, and it's really challenging to, yeah. to yeah, schedule definitely. them that way. So we just kind of have to do what we do. And from I think the one in August might line up with one of our events. I'll have to double check. You can probably look on the website and figure it out, but it's, I have to double check. But I think we're going to have an event yeah. for the next round of drops. And it's always a little added excitement. you know. Yeah, def- it's, it's nice to be able to see something other than someone sailing around looking for ships to sink and get your get your uh, your Twitch drops that way. I, I would much rather watch. I like to think so. Yeah, I'd much rather watch a race uh, and, and see like a, an, an outcome to that, because chances are if people come in for the drops and they're watching 20 minutes, there's a good chance they're going to stick around and want to watch the outcome of the actual race. So many times I'll sit there and catch myself standing in front of the TV while my wife is watching some competitive show. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't actually care about this, I've already, <laughs> but I've, I've already stepped into the into the arena and I'm watching it. I might as well see who wins. So yeah, your brain wants to complete things. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, uh, I, I said, I wanted to tell a story. Uh, I wanted to touch on, um, a situation that popped up. So the, the friends event ended on the 15th. Uh, I squeezed in at the very last minute to get the last few favors that I needed to be able to get the, the title, which I really, I genuinely didn't need, but it's one of those it's one of those dumb completion things. My brain said I, I needed to get it. Um, I, get it. I was so impressed with the Microsoft ecosystem. Have you ever run into a situation where you're playing on your system, whether it be PC or, or Xbox or on mobile, and you're you're just like for whatever reason, I don't know what it was. I was playing on my con or I was playing on my PC and I was uh, watching a stream on the other thing, and my system locked like hard locked it is never hard locked on me before but it, i thought it was just the game crashing and i was like okay well i'll just restart the game and i waited for it to close out it didn't do anything my system was just completely frozen and wow. this was in the middle of doing a uh, ghost ship voyage to to try and do ships so uh. i'm sitting there doing my circle around smugglers bay and anticipating like the fleets to kind of come around and you know i'll pick off the the ships and whatnot no system hard locked I freak out. I'm sitting here trying to think like, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? How long is it going to take for my computer to boot up? How long is it going to restart? So I grabbed my Xbox controller. I, I hit the little Nexus button and I booted up uh, my Series X, which is connected to my other monitor. So I switched the input. Mm. The speed of this system was fast enough to not only boot up from beginning, boot up Sea of Thieves, because it's not on quick resume as much as I would love no, it to be. Yeah. Uh, boot yeah. up Seathews and get me logged back into my ship in time for me to spawn into my sloop uh, just as the water level was just about to go over the top deck. Wow. And I, you know... <laughs> Did you save it? I saved it. Wow. I absolutely saved it. And and I was so surprised because I was like, I'm dead. I'm screwed. I'm never going right. to, you know, all those, all those skulls completely <laughs> gone. My flag well, gone. So I wanted to just say, uh, cause it, there's so, so few opportunities as a CT streamer or uh, podcaster, whatever I am. Um, so <sighs> few opportunities for me to talk about the actual Xbox ecosystem, but I gotta say, man, I playing the on this system if this had been uh any other console if this had been steam or or playstation or sony uh, uh or or nintendo i yeah. would have been screwed 
there's literally sunk. Yep. I would have been sunk. There's nothing that would have been able to bring me back. But the fact that I was playing on my PC, PC hard locked, the ecosystem is so well set up with Microsoft that I was able to boot up a completely different platform instantly, jump back into the same exact game that I had and save my ship blew my mind. I was just like, this is how gaming should be. This is what, this is what's amazing. But I could have done it with my phone. It would have done the same exact thing, but it was so great to be able to be like, I have two really nice pieces of hardware. One failed me. The other saved me. And it didn't matter to to the experience because the ecosystem is designed in a way to support multiple platforms on the same session. And it just in it like I saved my ship, I finished up the fleet and I got my my title. But I was more impressed with just the the way that the system is built right now that I was just like, yeah. God, if if even if it, this had been like, um, I don't even know if this would have worked with other Microsoft games, but the fact that Sea of Thieves allows you to rejoin session, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it was so amazing. So I just I wanted to tell this story because it was just so such a, a crazy story that I that it even worked. The fact that it worked <laughs> was just like. Oh, that was that's one of the best yeah. experiences I've had on Sea of Thieves, and it had nothing to do with what I was doing in Sea of Thieves. Right. It's amazing. It's such an amazing ecosystem, and there, the no one, everyone else is so far behind. Yeah, on this type of thing, it is awesome, and the ability to play on all these different devices, even just the some of the stuff that it's easy to take for granted if you only play on PC and Xbox, like. Uh, a whole thing with like Ghost of Tsushima and mm. some of these other PS5 games. And if you want to play on the PS5 with like your previous uh, uh, progression, then you have to like update oh the PS4 God. version. Yeah. And then like, uh, like, uh, say, you know, check this box here and then go <laughs> to the PS5 and download it and then check that box and then import it. And like, it's, it's all these steps. And then on Xbox, it's like, you just log in and it's all there. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's so easy to take for granted because it's so seamless and in the background especially pc to xbox uh what a piece of cake it's awesome yeah it's insane i felt so bad reading the uh the 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 uh, what was it a plague's tale came out on on the sixth oh yeah and and like the difference between having to 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 load up the latest version on ps4 to upload your cl- your save to the cloud to go to the ps5 and download the the game and then update the game so that it's at the latest version and then to pull your save in from the cloud it's like <laughs> man the the amount of work that, it's so ironic because sea of thieves is such a tactile game you have to dig up your treasure you have to pick yeah. up the treasure you have to put the treasure on the ship and then you have to take the ship to the outpost where you will then yeah. grab the treasure and then walk it over to the vendor and hand it to the vendor yeah one piece at a time one piece at a time that is the process of having to deal with game saves for for playstation <laughs> and i love it in sea of thieves and i hate it with playstation what is and wrong with my mind in menus it's not not as much fun in menus as it is in a beautifully designed pirate world strangely enough <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then of course let's not forget that the games are seventy bucks, and I don't want to make this a PlayStation Xbox thing, but eh, here we are. Uh, <laughs> the games are seventy bucks, and you got to pay for the upgraded versions for some of the five, ten bucks, right? For yeah. a lot of the to go from PS4 to PS5, you already bought the game, and now you got to buy an upgrade. And I'm not even going to start about Game Pass because then we're going to get off on a whole Game Pass thing. But <laughs> Game Pass is obviously the best value in gaming. That's not even it's not even close. Yeah, it's almost becoming a joke. 
at this point. Oh, it's already uh, before the Bethesda purchase. It was the best value in gaming. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It's it's funny because you say it's it's almost becoming it's totally become a joke. It's already been a joke on Twitter. The, yeah. the fact that people like are like, yeah. it's a good, it's such a good meme. And I love the news of of Netflix looking to get into gaming because if if Netflix gets into gaming and they start streaming titles, I think it's going to be hilarious when Apple has to decide if they're going to get rid of Netflix because they can't support uh, games that they can't rate on a streaming yeah, service. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very interested to see what Netflix's play I, is in gaming. I hope they come a little better prepared to the party than Google did. But uh, <laughs> When did they come well, to the well, party? I have thoughts on Stadia too, but that's another thoughts. <laughs> another okay. Uh, sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Let's get back to Sea of Thieves. Yeah. We had a, uh, a, I'm, I'm going to grab a couple of the questions because we're running short on time here and I want to get you yeah. up uh, beforehand. But um, one of the, the questions that I, I thought was really good, uh, the do you uh, think that Pirates of the Caribbean, and these come in from Caleb, who was just on the podcast the last two episodes. So he put yeah. these in. He wanted to have these for someone else to have a, a different opinion on. Uh, uh, he writes in and says, do you or your guest uh, think that the Pirates of the Caribbean collaboration is a one-time thing, or will it be similar to how Fortnite continuously releases new Marvel cosmetics now that they have established the relationship? Oh, boy. I hope so. That'd be awesome. I mean, I would love to see more Pirates of the Honestly, I mean, if we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean properties that I've enjoyed the most, mm -hmm. it's going to go Sea of Thieves, Tall Tales, and then a giant gap. Before. I like the movies, especially the first one. Um, I did rewatch them all uh, recently with the with the update coming out oh, i saw that tweet I would, yeah yeah i it was great i i enjoyed it you know they're summer popcorn movies they're not going to change your life but they're good movies they're really entertaining you know How family friendly you? good stuff you know what's <laughs> pirates of the caribbean what's not to like it did change my life i'll have you know the first one was awesome and yeah. I, it is a it is one of the best it's right up there with muppet treasure island it is one of the <laughs> best pirate movies which i also rewatched <laughs> recently um it is one of the best pirate movies of all time it's fantastic uh but the sea of thieves tall tales were absolutely amazing and i would i, I would love to see more i would love it if 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 sea of thieves and uh pirates of the caribbean like if that was just pirates of the caribbean is only in sea of thieves now guys we're done with the movies they're not as we looked at it and we were like you know what the game is just better so we're just not going to do the movies anymore oh, we're going to leave literally hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars on the table which just sounds like something disney would do uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they it's, yeah. it's been known they've definitely keep numerous them times as long as we go see them guys if you don't <laughs> they're going to keep making marvel movies disney movies uh all the animated stuff star wars they're going to keep making them because we keep going to watch them it is what it is guys you can complain <laughs> as much as you want but you can't argue you with billions in box office sales oh it's true it's true um That's how the world works yeah i'm i'm hoping for some pirates of the caribbean uh cosmetics coming to the game i yeah. i remember i was talking with caleb about this i'm pretty sure that they didn't drop everything that they wanted to drop uh right away i i do think that they are going to be releasing more i i hope that it's in the form of tall so. tales but i i imagine yeah. it's going to take more time for those to get built up so sure. in six months i'll imagine i imagine that we'll, we'll hopefully get a couple more tall tales that uh kind of lead more from the sea of thieves aspect of what happened with a uh, pirate's life to give us more lore yeah. about uh captain or wanda or duke um uh, i i'm hoping that that's kind of going to be the case for that but i i at least hope that they give us some more cosmetics for the game um i i think having jack the monkey would be a great pet to add an easy pet yeah. to add 
uh, yeah, for that. Yeah, surprised we didn't get that actually. Yeah, me too. And a skeleton version too, probably. I think we would. But. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a skeleton, uh, 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 you know, a skeleton version of uh, a pirate for a costume would be great. Um, Absolutely. I don't also know helpful for the curse of legends, but that's off topic. <laughs> um, that would be, be amazing. So cool. That would be great. Yeah. It just go and equip, equip the curse or, or have it be a costume. So you can actually see who's yeah. cursed and not. That's a great yeah. tools, not rules, right? That's, that's yeah. what you're always, that's what they're always talking awesome. about. Um, so the other question that I wanted to jump into is uh, the rare lore question for Caleb that he'd love to see uh, me or you answer. Uh, what is the importance of the Silver Blade in Tall Tale 2? Uh, I found that, or Caleb found the journals confusing. What exactly uh, do they reveal about it? Um, I'm assuming you've been through all the Tall Tales multiple times. Correct me if I'm yes. wrong. Yeah, I had a percent at everything, got the shanty. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that shanty. Uh, cool. So with the Silver Blade, we, we finally found it in the game. Um, it's been long rumored that it's there. Uh, we understand the importance of Flameheart Jr.'s crew being bringing it to the Sea of Thieves. The secondary crew uh, found the ship after the mermaids had repaired it and had it in the world, and they just came across it and then uh, absconded with it, for lack of a better term. Um, why do you think they bring in the Silver Blade? It has no ties to the captain. It has no ties to anything in Sea of Thieves that's going on right now. In fact, Flameheart is a mere mention in journals. So why bring the Silver Blade yeah. in? Boy, I don't know. That's a great question, though. That's, I don't know. <laughs> that's a fantastic question. I feel like there's an answer to it, and Mike Chabin's the only one that knows. <laughs> We're just to reveal another uh gem of brilliance i don't know that's a great question i haven't <sighs> thought about it from that angle I, it is a little out of place i hit him up on twitter and i was like hey mr chapman why is ramsey's so uh out of the picture with a pirate's tale like everything yes. all this is going on right now he has not done a thing and he's he's supposed to be friends with the ferryman shows yeah. no concern about what's going on with the ferryman at all. He's just still hang, hanging out in his tavern, doing his own thing, greeting pirate legends and, and giving them uh, really long voyages that they'd rather not do uh, for a, a chest to get a, a decent amount of reputation because uh, there's no Fort of Fortune going up. Ramses is missing in all of this. You know what his answer was? Reasons. I think I saw it. Yeah. Reasons. 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 Yeah. Really, Mike? I did see that. Really? <sighs> That's a monster. <laughs> um. Um, I, I, the only reason I can think of, uh, it, it's, it's like Chekhov's gun in a movie. Um, you, yeah. you, you, if you show a gun on a, on, on a, uh, a hearth and you don't fire that gun any point in the, in the movie, you have to ask yourself, was it worth showing that gun? Uh, right. same thing with the silver blade. Um, yep. If you're going to show the silver blade, if you're going to tell a story of a crew who used the silver blade and was sunk as a result, there's a reason for it. Um, the Silver yeah. Blade is tied directly to Flameheart Jr. I think that that character is an integral part to how we're going to be uh, putting a capstone on the tomb that is Flameheart Sr. Yeah. And will kind of um, put the... Uh, it, yeah, if, effectively, it's it's putting that last nail in the coffin on how we deal with Flameheart. Because at the moment, I think the Dark Brethren uh, uh, with Duke the Dark Lord and uh, Wander the Warsmith they are the ones that are going to be taking the helm uh as we find out what is going on with the captain i think they are going to be yeah. uh heading up that that approach and i think flameheart jr is going to be the thing that helps us tie the knot on flameheart and 
uh, introducing the silver heart into the or silver heart, introducing the silver blade into the game gives us a basis for the lore so that when Flameheart Jr. shows up somewhere, uh, it will be more likely for us to know what's going on. Now, whether Duke the Dark Lord is Flameheart Jr., that's a whole nother story because I don't know or about the that. Captain. I don't know. All right. For, first of all, you were right about Duke all along. And I was always like, we, you've been calling him Duke the Dark Lord. For, I don't know how this whole time, this whole time. And I, you know, I've, I've been listening to the podcast this whole time. And I was like, I don't know. Duke seems like a pretty nice guy. Like he's obviously a little shady, but like, you know, we're all pirates, you know, we're, who's to say where the line is for shady. And like, yeah, he got pretty suspicious when it looked like he was working with with the Reapers for a while there, the whole Stitcher Jim thing. That being said, uh, which also, yeah, where's Stitcher Jim? I thought for exactly. sure we were going to see him. There what? was an empty chair at the table in the Dark Brethren. Um, now, was that for the cabin? Was that for Flameheart uh, Junior or Senior? Was it for, yeah. But uh, that so being said, when I walked into that room and saw Duke there, I felt a betrayal on a very deep level like I never have before. Like he's our buddy from the tavern, man. He's our he's our bro. He was helping <laughs> us get some cool stuff. He was giving us little fun things to go do uh, in between traffic legend i mean he's our buddy he sells us little cosmetics he's the only you know i i can't believe it and he just jumps in apparently just for money yeah. as far unless i missed anything it's not even like they threatened him he's just there for money they bought him off come on duke man <laughs> we've been buddies for a long time we've been through a lot together uh, it's and he okay turned on us, man. he, he it's didn't okay no, he didn't. He didn't turn on you. That's the thing. He's always been bad. He's just he's been fronting for so long. He's yeah. not. The, he's he is a fair weather friend by the by the, the sheer nature of the term. He has only been doing what he wants. And he's yeah. been using us to do to to get like we have been yeah. his henchmen for so long. And well, those Reaper's chests, those ragged bone crates. Yep. The dark relics. Yeah. yeah. Those. Yeah, yeah, sure. Destroy mermaid All statues. Why not? Why not? Right. Why I not? get cosmetics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I feel so uh, bad for friends that, that felt betrayed by him. Cause I, I, that's, <laughs> I've been trying to warn you all for so long. You did. You did. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, you, you, you did your best, but I still, I was on his side right up until the end there. It's okay. It's the okay. Monster. I am still your friend. I will still, <laughs> if there's a, if there's a whistle to be blown, I will blow it. I ran into your captain the other day um, when I was doing a fort and uh, I just had the thought that like, what if we, we walk into the next meeting of the dark brethren and your captain is sitting there. Oh I no. Will once again feel betrayed. No. <laughs> Logan. They can't do that. They can't do that. I would have to sign off on that. I'm sorry. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they would run that one past you. I would hope but that so. That would cut deep. But you oh, mean you might God. keep it a secret for all I know they already have. And we're just going to walk in and it's going to be like, yeah, the podcast was just get information about. No. <laughs> was, okay. It was all part of my plan. It was Logan all along. I understand. <laughs> I, I know. I now understand and I can sympathize with anyone that feels betrayed by Duke. Looking at it from this perspective, totally would feel that way if my skeleton showed up at the next brethren court meeting. I, 
sitting over by the coffee, making a cup of coffee, signing, putting his name, Captain Logan, on Hello, My Name Is, and sticking it on his chest, uh, only to have it flop off a little bit because there's nothing to attach it to. I would feel pretty betrayed after after that. That I, I can see where that's coming from. So I'm, I'm sorry that you felt betrayed. I will try to warn everyone as much as I can about stuff. Keep an eye out for that captain thing. Um, yeah. By the way, Falcor, it's not the curse captain, dude. I'm, I, I love your videos. I, so. I love you. I don't think it's the curse captain. <laughs> I think it's going to be something different. They, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't inter. Uh, they, I say this full well, knowing that they totally changed Duke from uh, the the guy that gives you stuff to the bad guy. So it's it's dumb sure. of it would be ignorant of me to say there's no way that Rare would ever take the cursed captain, a good guy like that, and make him into the captain. Um, but Ooh, they they yeah, totally I could. About that. Uh, I thought about that. I saw that video. There's yeah. there may be, yeah I don't know, I don't know about that. <laughs> it, t- we finally met a friendly skeleton. He was so nice. I like him. Yeah, it, I'm I'm fine if they're jovial. I'm totally cool yeah. with that. It's it's such a, a a welcome relief to the constant like I'm gonna bury you in your bones into the ground. I'm gonna burn the sea of these. Yeah. Like, All right, again. Remember when they called us fleshies and it was super offensive? Oh god, these freaking bonies. <laughs> uh well um this has been great doug i've i've been wanting to get you back on uh for a yeah, while this is awesome uh i think this is a great opportunity for for folks to um get back into the race of legends to see season seven uh registrations open now it's starting on the 24th yeah. of july it's going on for for the next uh bunch of weekends after that yeah. so um and then they're going to be doing you're they're going to be you're going to be doing uh curse of legends afterwards uh and it's that's going to yeah. be going all the way up until november um plenty of opportunities for people to jump in to watch and support uh you do an amazing thing for sea of thieves as a community doug i i don't know how you manage it all you've got an amazing crew uh i think they i think the world of them um yeah and i and i hope that rare decides if 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 rare can ever take anything away from a podcast i listen to tons of podcasts there's always things where i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna send an email about this for sure i'm gonna remember by the end of this two-hour podcast uh (laughs) if if rare takes anything away from this episode i hope they take away two things one don't take my captain and make him bad without me knowing <laughs> that's fair and the second thing give race of legends some sales guys they totally deserve some sales as gifts for the for the victors of of race of legends uh, can't argue with you there i i think that i think they did i think you you totally deserve it you've been uh, you you've even said over what was it 500 pirates uh, 500 competitors yeah yeah competing if we had sales to give away uh to people who've won the race of legends i'd be giving away close to 300 of them yeah they wouldn't even be close to the rarest sales out there i mean the deckhand sales the uh the ones for the sot shot competitions obviously the rare sales there'd be a whole bunch of sales way more rare than the race of legends sales there'd be hundreds of them out there true true but it I, to me it's it's less about be awesome like that's a good thing to me i think that's amazing yeah i, um, it, I would love to see race of legends sales all over the place that'd be awesome if anything that's that would speak to the people that are sailing on that crew uh their prowess of, of yeah. navigating the world it would be a great yeah. thing to see and it would also show just how many people you've brought to the community in a fun and new and interesting way, as opposed to, oh, well, uh, these folks were just forum users. These folks were just really good at photography. It's like, no, you yeah. brought crews together. You brought communities together to, to sh- I mean, that to me is way, way cooler 
than uh you know the the indiana jones um sea of thieves mm. shot that i saw the other day on twitter which i'm 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 really 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 trying to figure out a good way to to do that competition because my jurassic park ideas seem pale Ooh. in comparison to what these guys came up there's with there's been but, some good ones that I one know. with uh captain hook and pan fighting on the mask yeah that was a cool one. Oh, that was good there have been some great ones that was a whoever at rare had the idea for that idea yeah. for a contest that was a really good one. oh People man have done a great job struck gold absolute yeah. gold i don't think they anticipated nearly like i'm i'm just grabbing the sot shot one i've already seen there's sound of music uh there's yep. <laughs> the 300 which is hilarious i saw that one with <laughs> the bodies in the background yeah with the bodies in the background uh jaws yeah. like the, yep. like uh bay like someone did baywatch someone did baywatch impressive <laughs> there's hangover oh my god it's just it's hangover. pure gold pure gold great. There's a, a, oh God, someone did Shaun of the Dead. Someone did awesome. uh, Jason and the Argonauts. This is, wow. it's a, oh, I saw that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It's, it's, amazing. it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Just what, like Joker. I didn't think anyone was going to be able to pull off Joker, but Joker. sure enough, someone wow. found the costume and the outfit to, to get the Joker uh, going. Amazing. So I have, I still haven't seen anything with uh, Jurassic Park. So I'm hoping that I can at least, I can get mine in there because I've got a few ideas for Jurassic Park that I want to get in there. Um, I like it. But yeah, so uh, sorry, Doug, thank you so much. The best Dread Pirate I know on the Sea of Thieves. Um, the, the best commissioner and captain of, of Race of Legends and Curse, uh, Curse Legends. I, I cannot wait to hear more about what you're doing in the future. I, I wish you the best of luck, sir. Uh, please, if, if you would be so kind, plug yourself, um, as we get out of here. Sure. Yeah. You can, uh, find me on Twitter at dread Doug. You can find uh, race of legends at race You can follow the race of legends on Twitter, uh, at race of legends. Um, you can also follow me on TikTok. uh, by the way, uh, dread pirate Doug over on TikTok. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, posting some uh, Race of Legends videos and montages and things over there. And uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash Doug is where we are live streaming. And then this season, we are also going to be live streaming on our YouTube channel and on Twitter as well. So uh, hopefully it'll be even easier for people to watch. Season 7 kicks off Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, July 24th, depending on when you're listening to this. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. This was oh, awesome. Oh, man. My pleasure. Great time. Please. No, my, my pleasure. All My honor the whole way. Uh, <laughs> folks, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, feel free to hit me up at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N at G... Uh, no, C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. I'm forgetting all my socials. They're in the show notes. Head over to the show notes. You'll be able to find uh, the Discord. You'll be able to find links to uh, Doug and all of his stuff. Uh, and I think Pirates, with that... Thank you, I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades! That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades, it's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.